Welcome, Wanderer, to the Arkham Cycle. I am Miriam, the Keeper of Akron lore for this original scenario called Misery Loves Company, inspired by the short story The Door to Infinity by Edmund Hamilton. Last time, Jerick and Lillian received a note from Dr. Undercliff asking for a meeting concerning a new investigation. When they showed up the next day, Undercliff was nowhere to be seen. Jerick and Lillian looked around his office and found a file named B. Door and surmised this was the assignment. After looking into Indian culture and learning about spectacular diamonds, they make their way to Chandra's, a cafe that seems related to their investigation. By the time that you guys, it was 3 p.m., you went to the library and stayed there quite a while. The night has fallen, but you can tell the place is actually a cafe. It's still open. It's around 7 p.m. Are there windows that I can look through and see what's going on inside before we enter? There seems to be a lot of people inside. You can hear like music and chatter from people. And since it's December by now, it's quite cold outside and it's like frosting because the inside is so hot and the outside is so cold. There's like the frost that's building in the windows. So all you can see through the window is that there are a bunch of people inside, but it's definitely lively. Yeah, it's occupied. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's head inside. Yes, let's. I'm going to open the door and head inside. The cafe of Chandra Das is a red-lit smoke-filled cave with cheap black curtains, walls and windows, and other curtains cutting off the back part of the... Is this a shisha den? den? Um, den? Yes, it could be called that. You can tell that people are like... It's like a lounge establishment where they're serving like a few drinks. Not alcoholic drinks, but there are people smoking inside. And the dim room is jammed with tables and couches filled with patrons speaking all kinds of languages. And to the back is a three-string guitar band playing. And so it's very like a microcosm of Eastern cultures inside of this place. And it's packed full of smoke. And as you get in, like it kind of assails you. It stings your eyes a little bit and you have to adjust. adjust. This new, uh, yeah, <laughs> not good for Jarek. I'm not sure. He immediately starts breathing heavily. Mm. All right, all right, all right. You, you go outside and take a breath. I'm not sure if I can actually be in heaven again. Well, it's all right. Go outside and take a breath. If anything goes wrong, uh, nothing will go wrong. It's you know, fine. I'll just, I'll try. I don't want to immediately just walk in and walk out. I'd like to try at least. Let's let's find the front desk or a counter or whatever type of uh, um, whatever you call the the area where you do business. Definitely. Well, do do we even know what we're looking for here, Jerk? We just came to check the place out. I'm gonna ask for Chandra Dost. Might be best to let you do the talking. Assuming due to you know history, that <sighs> it might not be best to have the British person speak. Very <sighs> well. 
Jack's going to walk up to what could be construed as like the front desk or the bar or the cashier yes, counter. Uh, there is no front desk, but at the back next to where the band is playing is like a kind of bar-like situation and people mixing and like preparing strong coffees and other stuff like that. So, and you said everybody here looks Middle Eastern? There's a few people that are white, but it's mostly a like mosaic of people from all over the world. You see like Asian people, Arabs, Indians, South Americans. It's like really like, and it makes sense. Like it's close to docks. So all the um, outsiders from our camp would hang around this place. It seems like. While Jarek isn't fluent, he definitely grew up with Arabic, and so he knows some of the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So he is going to greet the person at the counter in in Arabic and ask for uh, Chandra Das. Salam alaikum. They respond, malikum salam. And then you ask for Chandra, and the short man behind the counter looks at you kind of a bit like suspiciously, because, you know, you're speaking Arabic to this guy, but you don't pass as a rabbit, like mm-hmm. being albino. He knows the but, look uh, and is, is kind of speak and say, I'm, I'm albino. And he kind of smiles. He's looking about like the cafe and through the heavy smoke and eventually he points to a figure and you see a very similar to the picture that you have of him, a very distinguished man wearing a turban and all dressed in white. He's gonna thank him in Arabic once again rudimentary but it's spoken in perfect accent or whatever his whatever the accent would be from the region his parents were from it's passable but yeah once again rudimentary so but thankfully he's only having a very basic conversation here hello yeah i'm looking for this yeah thank you have a great day you know he turns around and he says all right lillian uh shanta das is right over there and he points in the man's direction he is going to pull her to the side away and he says for confession, my Arabic is rather rudimentary, so I'm wondering if we should try and just approach him in English, or if I should at least start in Arabic. What do you think? Well, since we have other people here who probably speak English, I'm guessing that since Chandra was able to open a business here in Argum, and there's other white customers here, I'm going to assume that he speaks English. Let's just approach him as such. Okay. It might so... as well match our appearances until we don't. Are they sitting on pillows? He is not sitting. He's standing like close to one of the, and he seems to be alone. Not in. Oh, he's not in conversation. Just be, alone. Standing he seems there. to be okay. uh, scanning. Then I am just going to approach him openly, okay. and with a smile. Like I said, Chandra is tall, dressed in spotless white, uh, from his shoes to the turban on his head. The white he makes his dark, impassive, aquiline face stands out and chiseled relief. His eyes are cold black, large, and coldly searching. Eventually, as you make your way towards him, his eyes yours, and you feel a strange chill down the back of your spine. There is something alien and unhuman, something uncannily disturbing behind a Hindu stare. As you approach, he's looking you up and down, but he doesn't move an inch. Okay, well, I expect so. This is his place. He seems to become across more of a an authority than a servant with this. Oh, yes, yeah. very much so. So I wouldn't like, expect him to come meet me, but rather wait for me to meet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So which I do, I approach him and then I greet him in Arabic and then I switch to English. Like it's just hello in Arabic and then then he switches in English. Says,、uh, "My name is Jack Hagar. How are you?" Welcome to Chandra's. I am Chandra. What can I do for you? Do you need anything? He kind of snaps his finger and gets the attention of one of the waiters. I'm actually here to speak with you, sir. Do you know?、Me? Yes. Do you know a Professor Undercliff? No,、hmm. I'm afraid I don't. The name doesn't ring a bell. And the waiter comes next to Chandra, and he bending down and he says, "Professor, what did you say? Undercliff? It was." Yes. Undercliff. Do we have a, a customer name? A regular? You see, the waiter just shakes his head. No, said, "I'm afraid not." Can I tell if they're telling the truth or not? Psychology. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Okay, success sixty-one over eighty-two. You can tell that Chandra is very used to talking with people, and you are not certain if he's telling the truth or not.、Okay. Something. Tells you that maybe he is not. Okay. Oh, he's doing a fast talk roll. That's meta knowledge. <laughs> That's what? It's meta knowledge. Oh, okay.、Yeah. Uh, I mean, a heads up roll like this is it kind of like whoever rolls the better success? Yes. So if they if they match out, is it more of a we both realize what the other's doing? No, I've rolled a forty six and you one, so technically he beats you. Though a sixty-one to an eighty-two and a forty-six to a sixty are kind of the same, unless if you go like to hard success or on the same roll. If we have both successes, but I roll lower than you do,、uh-huh. then I beat you. Okay. So that's why I said like he's, yeah, yeah, you know, like you're picking something, but you're not sure if he's actually lying to you or not. Maybe you're you're realizing that doing what you're used to doing to other people. Diverting your attention to, you know, like taking this seriously, asking if we have a customer or something like that. So, yeah. <clears throat> While Jarek is doing that, can Lillian be like just kind of standing behind him, but looking around, trying to see if she can see anything on him or in the room about anything mentioned in the article? Sure, go for it. Spot it in. Success at fifty-four versus sixty-five. There's definitely an Indian vibe to the place, and looking at Chandra, you think that he's probably Indian or from that area. So Jarek is just going to、uh, launch into his own thing. Like I said, Lilian, you look around. You don't see anything out of place, but like I said, it's very eclectic in here. You see a few. There's quite a few waiters actually to serve like to the number of patrons in here, but there's nothing out of place at the first glance. Sensing that he's having a hard time getting a read on this guy, his instincts are always to poke her face out and then and not tell the truth.、Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "All right, well, that's fine. I'm、uh, one of his students, and I'm doing a report on tiger's eyes in the occult. And I realize there's a jewel recently by the、uh, Maharajas, and I'm looking for more information about the Eye of the Tiger, I believe it's called. And I was hoping perhaps you could know a few things about it." A tiger's eyes. I'm not a Mahaja, and if I cannot really, and he points to his turban and he shows you his own jewel, and he takes it out and hands it to you, and he's like, "This is fake, my friend. I cannot really help you there." Ah, shoot. Fair enough. I'd I'd had wrong information. Have you heard of anything about this、uh, eye of the tiger by chance? I'm guessing that you have seen it in 
Crime Daily, is that it? Yes, that is it. I saw it. And uh, of course, it's a beautiful looking gem, so I've had questions about it. I mean, you'd have to question one of the Maharaja, and he looks bliss and say, I don't think we have any of them right now. Fair enough. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. He bows very respectfully. And uh, he does the same and nods to Lillian and says, all right, now let's move off then. Mm-hmm. And then starts walking. Lillian's going to follow close behind. Okay. What's your plan here? We're going to leave. And once we get out the door, he's going to start talking and just say, I don't trust anyone I can't get a read on. If I can't see just plain honesty in him by me asking about Undercleft, then I just don't trust the situation. Now I, I'm not sure how much information we should give him on uh, what we're doing here. That's fair. I'm not quite sure what to continue to either now. Where are you standing while having this conversation? We're just walking away. Okay, walking away. Once we're out of earshot at the door, I guess, he starts speaking mm-hmm. quietly to her. At this point, all we can assume is that something is going to come and find us. Usually seems to be how it goes. I might need to go back to the library and do more research. That's my thought as well. The library is safe too. It's been watered already. Oh. You know, it's been know. several hours. Maybe we should stop by Undercliff's office again. Agreed. So, okay, so you return. It's probably around like 30 by now. So you return to the Miskatonic University. It's mostly empty at this hour. There's still like the university until it's like 11 still has a bit of people going in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get to the archaic languages aisle to find it. Undercliff's study, and you find it empty as it was. Is the note still there? You notice the there. Nothing seems to have moved. Do we know where he lives? No. You could try to find out. That's kind of where my head's at. I'm a little worried, Lillian. I am as well. I think we should look into his address and pay him a home visit, see if everything's just all right. Agreed. And he is going to bunch up the note and uh, shred it and throw it in the, uh, uh, the trash. Okay. You're trying to find his address? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I get a spot hidden from you guys? Yes. Oh! Oh, oh. <gasps> oh that means I get to add to it right now, right? Yes, a D10. A D10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the 2% to your spot hidden. Uh, so from 32 to 34. Yeah. Um, uh, still pretty good though. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have the, you know, you're thinking quick on your feet. Uh, you're looking for an envelope, uh, any mail that should be addressed to him that he might have perhaps brought to the university. And you do indeed find uh, an envelope addressed to him with his home address. He does not live very far from the. Um, University. Uh, he lives on uh, Nut Street uh, in this uh, apartment building here on the map. Well, it looks like he's uh, he lives on uh, uh, Walnut Street. What room number? Seven o six. Room seven o six over at the Chester Apartments on Walnut Street. So, yeah. I uh, I suggest that's where we make our way. Agreed. All right. So you uh, walk all the way to the uh, apartment building there, and you see like it's it's neither like upscale or run down. It's in a 
uh, you know, very normal part of town. The building itself is a big one uh, for the the time, uh, and has it has eight stories. And he lives on the seventh one. The lobby is not locked, so you can walk in without any problem. Okay, are there elevators at this point? Did we really go over this? Are there elevators in? There are elevators, but specific building. I got a cramp in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, work it out by walking up the stairs, shall yeah. we? <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah. So yeah, we go up the stairs to the seventh floor, son of a bitch. Okay, can't save. <laughs> oh god, that. <sighs> yeah. Um... Uh, is it like in your? Um... Upper like fleshy part behind. Yeah, it's in the uh, uh, the back of my leg on the upper yeah. part of my leg. Flex your feet. Like oh. make a right angle with your feet and try to push it as hard as you can. It actually. Okay, that's interesting. Anyways, uh, a con save, not really a jerk's forte. Yeah, I know. Walking up seven stories, I'm guessing you might be out of breath. Oh, I'm probably out of breath. <laughs> Oh no, you're okay. <laughs> Whoa, almost a hard success at that too. Yeah. Uh, so Lillian, can you do that save uh, contract as well? There you go. Yeah, Both of us okay, only, uh, she's only two away from a hard success too. Yeah, so, you know, like uh, maybe- We came ready. Worry that the, that the brings you up the stairs without any problem and are now in front of door 706 of the Walnut apartment building. I am going to knock. You wait a few minutes, like a, a few instants, I should say, and no one's... What do you do? Is it a deadbolt lock or a knob lock? I'm going to say a deadbolt. Okay. Considering there is no, like, it's locked outside, a little bit more security inside. Well, my first thought is to try and pick it. My sister was better than me at this, but I still have a little bit. I ten percent rather than the one percent. Okay, you can give it a try. Well, yeah, he pulls out a set of lock picks. He's like, "I'm not as good as my sister, but I've done it a few times." Yeah. Uh, Ninety-one uh, over ten. Do you want to try and push the roll, maybe, or? Not with a ten percent. You know, there must be a landlord. I'm sure I could uh, convince him to relinquish a key. Looks to uh-huh. William. Can I try and listen onto the other side of the door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, go for it. You don't, you don't, like, you're not sure if you can hear anything. Uh, nothing to come from tonight. Damn. Let's find a landlord. There should be one, maybe not a landlord, but a, um, a manager, a apartment manager. I, I don't know. Every, every place has a different name for him. We call him a landlord. Oh, you'll be on the first floor, and I really don't want to do the stars again. (laughs) We could also just see if the professor would come back tomorrow. Given the nature of uh, my dealings with the professor, that he didn't show up, I'm actually inclined to believe something has happened to him. I can't help but feel that it might have something to do with our friend Chandra. I am inclined to believe that as well. And I do believe that cafe seems the type that it's always open. It just changes who's allowed in. So I don't think we'll have a time where we can just break in and look around without anybody being there. 
I need to learn more about Chandra before I can look more into that. The last mission, we were supposed to apprehend a dwarf who ended up being who ended up being over seven feet tall when we got there. And then he tried to have us killed. And he was supposed to be just uh, a little dwarf who, who was mourning his brother. So I need to be careful with Chandra. What the fuck happened to you while I was gone? Honestly, it's, uh, it's very difficult to describe. We, there was a, He ended up befriending, taming some sort of nightmarish beast called a, a Bayaki. It... Uh, it had like a human torch, torso and wings, but the wings weren't on the torso. Like, the torso was attached to like a thorax, but it wasn't an insectile. It was very mammalian. And then it had these... Oh, boy. Draconian wings, I suppose, attached to the thorax. And then the thorax went to this very long tail. Well, not very long. It was just long. Uh, And it seemed very long because the thing itself was uh, maybe 12 feet long. 13. It it was... And then its head... Its head was like a, like, a, like a skull of something I've never seen before, and it... it... Oh, Lillian. What in the hell is the professor having this chase after? So the thing was, uh, it would latch on to things, uh, people, and then drain its life, then give its life to the midget. And so the midget went from being a midget to being a, uh, a goliath, so to speak. Ended up having to kill him uh, Bayaki and burning down the entire house. He saved his wife, who was being kept there against her will and being slowly drained of all of her life and put into him. It's, yeah. Well, that's a nasty ordeal. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Jack. Uh, you know what? It's uh, it's well worth it. That man would have that thing would have eventually started killing people around the area and it would have been a much better, much bigger problem. Just. The more of the story is we need to be careful with Chandra. If I don't sense any transparency with him, which I do not, then I need to treat him like, once again, we are dealing with a midget who is actually a titan, until we know otherwise. I feel like there's another way to say that, but I get the point. It's also 1923. Oh, no, I was talking about a bit of a comparison. Oh, oh. Uh, Wolf in sheep's clothing and such. I, I love that a midget that's actually a titan beautiful <laughs> <laughs> you had every intention of killing me in December have you met December who uh, he's uh, a rather unpleasant man but good with a gun crack shot ended up uh, being quite quite a valuable partner in all of it while you were indisposed December was sent out with me is he a student at the university as well yes but he's quite older than us quite older like he's like 25 I think <laughs> I think he was in his 30s no not that much Goodness. pretty sure he's in 20, his 30s 24 oh 24 okay yeah. wow he just so comes old. across as super old though yep uh, you know what uh, 19 year olds don't have a good judge of age so <laughs> nope no he's an old man in your book <laughs> <laughs> so you're still in front of Dr. Undercliff's apartment door what do you want to do? Can I see any any screws on the door handle? Any what? Screws. Not from the outside, no. Not from the outside. Uh, Can I look under the door through the keyhole to see if I see anything? 
Sure. I'm gonna say spot hidden with a penalty die, so roll twice, take the low. Extreme and what? <laughs> what? What a fucking case. Uh, Are you fucking kidding me? Are average you it out into a uh, success. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you bend down, and yeah, that's that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> So you bend down and try to look. Uh, there seems to be like a um, the door lock itself is not a, that you can see through. So you have to under the door, and there seems to be a welcome mat, and that's blocking your view. Last ditch effort. We'll go and find a landlord or whatever they call it here, and see if we can procure a key. We'll say uh, Undercliff hasn't uh, hasn't been has been absent from the university without any notice, and we've been sent to look into him. Thus far, there has been no answer from the door, and we're, quite frankly, worried. Does that work for you, Lillian? Oh, sure. We could probably say we were worried about his health. He had been coughing or some such when we had last seen him, etc., etc. Make it a little bit more convincing. Too many details can actually lead the other way, and as he's his uh, landlord, he hasn't been coughing, as you and I had noticed, and his landlord might be close friends with him. And notice oh, that uh, uh, hasn't. You can't make it all airtight, but uh, the less details, the more likely it is uh, people won't won't uh, contest the details. So it just needs to be believable. <clears throat> Not that I know anything about lying. And <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> winks and uh, uh, begins walking towards the stairs. All right. So you go back to the ground floor and see next to like the postal cases is a door that says concierge. Right, I'm gonna knock. An older man opens the door, kind of a bit overweight and wearing like overalls, opens the door and says, I do one. Good evening, sir. Uh, my name is Jack Hagai. I'm with the Miskatonic University. We're actually here to look in on Professor Undercliff, who uh, didn't show up to the university and gave no notice. And uh, we've been sent here officially to look into him. We knocked on uh, his door. Right. If, if you do see him, he's late on the trend. December, we're December 3 now, and I still have check. Oh, well, uh, see, we knocked on the door and there wasn't a response. We actually fear for his safety a little bit. Uh, could we get a spare key to look in on him? If it helps, and he pulls out like a card that shows uh, uh, he's uh, actually a student, and it just happens to be next to his fake marshal's badge, All uh, right. which appears like super official to, to at a glance or anybody who's not like in the know. So, do you want to try to charm him? Persuade. I'm not Persuade. To, okay. Yeah. Yep. I have a really good chance nice. of this. So, forty-nine over ninety-two. He seems to think a little bit and he's like, I can't really give you a key, but I can. Let's go see. I have a spare key. Let's open up the door to see if he's in there. That um, works for me, too. Just know it's on um, the seventh floor. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a climb. <laughs> <laughs> and so he he starts on the climb and in the halfway and coughing and it's spell like a long or something but he eventually makes it to the top he takes out a ring of keys with a bunch of rings on it selects the 706 keys and open the door for you guys and he's yeah. like well as we got to the top right, right, Jared could be like it's always on the seventh fly isn't it you know kind of <laughs> like yeah he kind of mumbled like behind his beard like he's he's 
kind of pissed at this point. Yeah. Uh, but he does open the door and then calls her on the cliff. And you see this apartment is it's a tiny like studio room. Everything is quite tidy. There's a large library and you see a cat that runs from the lounge area up under the bed to hide. Uh, That's interesting. Undercliff doesn't have a cat. He's just going to say under his breath. Lillian's going to start calling for the professor. Hello. No, no answer. And you guys know like there's a bathroom that's like separated from area like I don't know if you've ever seen them it's Mm -hmm. only like two elements instead of four so it's half a stove a very tiny like ice refrigerator tiny space and most of it is books there's only the bathroom which is open no one is in here this is not good may I enter yeah yeah, go ahead right so he's gonna enter look for uh, a source of light or a way of providing light to the room oh yeah you can just like connect the electricity in this building is quite new so okay. has electric lights right, so he's going to turn on the lights and start looking about actually uh his bedroom's a separate room right no it's a studio apartment so okay. you have the bed the living room and the tiny kitchen is all in the same room the only mm-hmm. side room is the tiny bedroom bathroom okay all right so i'm going to look for um clues essentially try to find something to let us know where he might be or what's going on okay can you do a spot hidden and lillian if you want to give it a try you can either roll separately or give a bonus die to jarek uh jarek what's your percent 34 <laughs> i think lillian is actually a lot better to do this but yeah, i'd rather give her a bonus die <laughs> you know what? Like you said, you each of you can roll separate to me. Okay. okay. What? Oh no! Oh no! I'm pushing uh-huh. my roll. If okay. I can. How do you push the roll? Considering that somebody's looking, you start like right. full on opening up drawers. Like, how do you push this? She was just looking for the professor the first time around. She wasn't actually like looking for details in the apartment as to his whereabouts. She was just trying to see his physical body. And then the cat was kind of distracting as well. Gee, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> and then once she's kind of getting over the fact, she's going to start looking on the desk for papers at some of the books to see if he has anything like that. And actually, Jarek goes in and he starts like checking random things and yep. uh, then stops and uh, redirects like his tactics here. Rather than just trying to find something hidden, he starts reading the room and tries to figure out where the place is, uh, where the spot Undercliff might go to most. You know, you might be able to notice by like position of the furniture where his most important spot was. Maybe he was at his desk a lot. And so he would keep certain things around his desk, look around and maybe be able to tell some things about like what's next to his bed. Just reading him and how he keeps his living quarters. Okay, so psychology? I'm tempted to say psycho enough. So I'm gonna give you psychology with penalty die. With a penalty die, okay. Yes, because you're not reading a person, you're reading a room. All right, I'm gonna fail one. All right. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. The, don't. And the, of course, bother. the other ones are hard. Oh uh, yeah. Did you want to be <laughs> taunted? Can, can um, I push it? You could. Push this roll for sure. I do it from one place, and then I decide I'm going to look 
from this direction instead and like try to take a different angle of the room, maybe sit down and actually lay down in the bed and look and around. It starts to be quite obvious to the concierge that you guys are not just... You got a peek of my danger. badge too. So, yeah, um, so that's that's the danger. I'm just letting you know yeah. of pushing this role. Uh, Lillian did succeed in pushing it, so now you can give it a try as well. Okay, two okay, successes. Good. Yeah. Okay. With an um, 82, I was feeling pretty confident about pushing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a good thing that you put. You know that the concierge is starting to be a bit like uncomfortable, but he doesn't intervene just mm -hmm. yet. Maybe it's because he saw your badge. You try to read the room in, you know, a mind palace kind of way, like uh, Sherlock would do. Mm -hmm. So you go about the room and you see that the kitchen is barely used. Okay. Uh, and he doesn't really seem to be at the apartment like ever besides sleeping. There is a good collection of books on a lot of subject, but mostly like linguistics, which makes sense because he's a language professor. But you notice that the library is not in much use. However, so the library has a bit of dust on it, but you see that he has recently pulled out a bunch of books that he've put back in place. So you can see, you know how it, it collects dust and if mm -hmm. you pull out a book, it will leave a trace. So you start looking like at the library, see like what books he pulled out recently. Mm -hmm. And you can see things about a lot of Indian language, okay. but old, old culture, Indian culture. In one of the books that he's recently opened is a small pamphlet. And so when you take the book and have a look at it, you see a advertisement for a country club. Right. And it's called the Large Misery Island Country Club. Any other uh, books recently pulled out? Mostly uh, about Indian culture. He's going to grab all of the ones that have been pulled out recently mm -hmm. and stack them. Just to show you, the brochure does show this new building that was constructed on Misery Island. Mm. What a cherry place. Lillian, I'm looking here at the library and I can see certain books have been pulled out recently. He's not trying to speak uh, quietly either. He doesn't mind if the guy hears him sounding like he's some brilliant detective. Being yep. like, yeah, I can tell these ones have been pulled out recently. Due to the dust here, as you can see. There's a, quite a bit of dust around others, but these ones in particular do not have dust around them. So he's been looking at these recently, which means that there is something to them as the others have been touched in quite a while. So why would he read these? And he's going to take them and stack them. That means there must be some sort of correlation between our most recent case. I don't believe it's a coincidence that it's on Indian culture. Oh, absolutely not. Hmm. That's why I said correlation, not yeah. coincidence. <laughs> I'm going to go check out that cat. You approach the bed and you... Oh, it's hidden up there. You have a look at it and it's a... Do you know what tortoise shell cat is? Yeah, so it's like mix of colors. Has a green and a gold eye. My, 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 aren't you so pretty? Come here, baby. I'm gonna like stick my hand out for the kitty to smell and try and be generally nice. Pretty uh, skittish, but eventually he approach and sniffs your hand. Alrighty, I'm not gonna try and pet it yet. Just kind of let it get acquainted. Is there anything else under the bed? Nope. Just uh, just dust. He needs to dust his house. Just for good management, can I try to psychoanalyze the room? Sure. Go for it. If I roll a one, it'll be amazing. No, but instead, I'm going to roll a 97. The opposite. Yeah. 
of one. <laughs> you fumble. Have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you look at the room and think that Professor Undercliff is not in his lot because he has a lot of lady friends, and that's a conception that you know how about Undercliff. Well, that's really interesting. Well, he is brilliant. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I think I'm clever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really make anything else other than potential promiscuity uh, in the room, but uh, we do have all this to go off of. That's very good. I'm just wondering what it has to do with this cat and why this cat is here. Is there a tag on it? I don't know. I'm trying to pull it out from under the bed. Okay. I'm not like so, pull it, but like coax it. Yeah, yeah. So you get the cat out of the bed and you see, yes, it has a tag. What does it say? Only its name, and it's called Howard. Howard. She's gonna, like, take Howard in her arms and then turn to the landlord. Do you know anyone in this building who has a cat named Howard? I don't know. My guess would be Dr. Unclew. Hmm. No, I never knew him to have a cat. To my recollection, he never really had fur on his coat. And from the state of the dust in this place, it doesn't seem like he would be the one to lint roll his... Oh yeah, just to make it clear, it's not dirty in his apartment. It's just, you know, when you Never have, like, used. It's not used a lot. The records indicate that he doesn't have a pet, so it's interesting to find one here. I think we should be taking this to the station, or to the university. It might belong to one of the students and he was watching it. Either way, I, I do believe we should be taking it. So basically, Liliani is trying to have a look around and try to figure out where does this cat come from. Mm. What does this cat have to do with anything? And at first it's kind of very like cursory glances here and there, like just kind of like standing there looking around the room and then she's going to actually try and put some effort into searching. Okay. Oh, barely. (laughs) At this point, you see the concierge getting more and more uncomfortable with this invasion of privacy of the doctor but still he's not interfering and you look about and then you go into the kitchen and you open cupboards and stuff and under the sink is a bag of food for the cat and is another smaller bag with stuff for cats like a brush and a um, bowl for food and stuff like that that are still in the bag and when you pull it out you see there is also a note, and the note is from Dr. Armitage, thanking Dr. Undercliff for taking care of his wife's cat while they are away. Wow, wow! Like, I was literally just bullshitting about him not having a cat. Because I, I wanted to take the cat, and I was setting us up to be able to just take the cat. Oh my god. So the cat is actually not his. Yeah, oh my god. It's been entrusted by Dr. Armitage. Okay. And so, I didn't think Dr. Armitage would have a wife. He's it Sorry, seems just like he does. Yeah, so you find out that Dr. Armitage has a wife who has a cat. The fact that he says, like, taking care of my wife's cat, mm. you know, he makes that distinction. Shows what he thinks about the cat. Probably, with your good psychology. Yeah, you guess as much. But knowing Dr. Undercliff, not taking care of cat would not be in his personality at all. Uh. This cat was only recently dropped off. All the things are still in the bag. However, I just want to mention there are still stuff for the cat inside of the bag, but you do see like beside the close by is a bowl for food, and but mm-hmm. it's a bit bigger than the one that was provided. Okay. But there's still stuff for the cat to be eating from and drinking water from. 
this is very interesting. Armitage is another professor. We already knew that he was on vacation. And Undercliff is a very studious man. Mr. Uh, I'm sorry, what was your name? Lowe's. Mr. Lowe's. When was rent due? It's due on the 1st. And today is... And we're on the 3rd now. And he hasn't showed up. And it's not like him at all. Yeah, he's never been late for rent, has he? No, never. Yes, alright. So, he has been missing for three days then, at least. Should we call the police? Yes, I'll be getting in contact with my offices. Thank you so much, and he gives him ten dollars. Oh, that's a lot of money. Is that even a lot? I was trying to it do a is, little bit. It is a lot of money. Yes, it is. I'll do, I'll do five. Yeah, it's still, it's still substantial, but that makes more sense. That's more tipping range, right? Like, I'm a kind tipper. More than tipping. It's okay. like you did me a good one and I'm paying you five bucks for, for that. Uh, it's more like a thanking. So then vibe. I will give two dollars? Okay. I want it to seem very like part of it and he's grateful, but he's not like trying to bribe him or anything. Okay. Because so, otherwise Stan would be bribing overtly. Okay. Two okay. is more like thank you for being kind. So, so yeah, he's so going to give him two dollars. He says, thank you so much. I know the, the stats are ridiculous. This will be very useful and I will make sure an investigation goes underway on this. Right. And you see Lowe's takes the cat food and he fills it up and adds more water and it's just kind of kindly escort you out of the apartment. Uh, uh, Mr. Lowe's, mm? if you do not see the professor back in a few days, can you possibly take care of that cat? Yes, of course. I'll do my best. Thank you. We will just allow him to escort us out. That's kind of all we can really look into here. Mm-hmm. However, we have all the books with us, and so we got our evening cut out for us. Back to the library then, Lillian. Uh, yes, definitely. Okay, by this time, start. it's close to nine, and you know that the library closes at ten. So you have one hour to rush this. Uh, actually, dorm, why don't we go back to yeah one of our dorms? Instead. Your place of mind. Would either of us have a room? Actually, I wouldn't be in a dorm. I would have my own uh, apartment. Yeah, you have Jarek's that. doing you pretty have well. You have your own. Yep. Uh, Jarek does pretty well for himself. Yeah, uh, I'm in the dorms, and all the girls would definitely go a chatter if I ever brought a boy back. <laughs> oh yeah, they're not even allowed in the building. Your apartment is nicer than other cliffs. Damn right it is. <laughs> I actually have my own apartment, and uh, there's a secondary room if you decide you want to spend the night. I know. Remember when we were being... All right, all right. Yeah, she's been there. Very well. Let's go back to my place then. It doesn't close. What has happened to Dr. Undercliff? Clues point more and more to something nefarious. Come back next Monday to discover what Jarek and Lillian find out next. Thank you for listening to Milestone RPG. If you like our podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on your podcasting app.